Hey, is it Saturday yet? Not so fast, my friend. podcast presented by student union sports what's up everybody welcome into another episode of is it saturday yet i'm your host luke owens back from the dead joined alongside my guys bryce hopwood andrew diaz liam smith behind the scenes giving bad picks as he does every week um but boys how's it going i'm 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 bummed i missed last week i hate being sick i don't like to be sick often had to miss it but uh you guys were able to run the ship very well without me so it just shows i'm not needed here but uh, how's it hanging, Hop Diaz? How's it going, boys? Little to the left, but that's okay too. Uh, what a week last week was! I'm excited. I, as you guys know, this is just now a common theme, but I just, I it, it gets to ten o'clock, eleven o'clock Central Standard Time. I'm watching some horribly played whack game, the end of the Mountain West slate sometimes, and I'm just sending you every little tidbit that I see. You know, you guys are out partying. I'm in the lab. It, it's it's I'm a lab rat for college football. I was I was actually like super bummed. I started thinking about it. We'll, we'll get to all the good quarterbacks there are, but I was getting starting to get bummed because I don't want to be that guy. But we're like we're getting to like the halfway point of the year. Mm, I didn't want to say it, but we're kind of getting to the half point the way of the year. Not not to bring it down. I believe we've already hit the halfway point of the regular season, and I mean, <laughs> oh, God. Bowl, bowl season is kind of it's so sporadic, and you kind of get like a month off which sucks up until like the college football playoffs. So, you know, we're, we're over the midway point, but yeah, I've kind of learned on Saturday nights when I'm trying to go to bed, I just throw my phone on do not disturb so I can get a good night's sleep and I don't have to constantly get through my AirPods while I'm trying to sleep message from, from Hoppa. Did you see that play in the Hawaii game? Oh my God. Stuff like that. So now I know that uh, to, to sleep peacefully on a Saturday, throw the phone on do not disturb. Do you sleep with your AirPods in, Diaz? That's a wild what a psycho move. Yeah, that is crazy. <laughs> like, we can't yeah, rush by that. that. I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, I, I like to listen to music when I fall asleep. I know, but you roll over and it's gone forever. No, no, no. I, I, I Well, yeah, I've had that issue a few times, but <laughs> I, I find them a few days later. They're dead. Or, like, if they're still, I check the charge on them, I'll blare, like, some DMX or Metallica. And I'll just hear like that faint little uh, bit of music coming through the AirPod, like behind my bed or something. So that, that's usually where it works. But yeah, playing music with a roommate in the room is never, it, it feels frowned upon. So I have to go revert to the AirPod route. <laughs> that's valid. I just couldn't, I couldn't start the show as the, as a good host and not acknowledge <laughs> the fact that you admitted to sleeping with AirPods in, but you know, we already know Jesus is a psycho, yeah. so it's all good. But uh, we've got, a lot of games to get to this week. And I want to start in hop country, if you will. I want to start in the Big Ten. Penn State at Michigan, number 10 at number five. And we've got four top 20 or five top 20 games, six top 25 games this week. So it's going to be a real fun one. And Michigan opens as seven point favorites. Over under is set at 51 and a half. And these are two very good defenses, but they're also unproven. You know, Penn State. Biggest win was, I guess, Auburn at this point. Um, they, they squeaked one out against Purdue earlier in the year. Same with Michigan. I mean, they barely got by Maryland. They kind of had to play an ugly game against Indiana where they pulled away last week. So, I don't know, Hop, what, what do you think as, as, the, as the Big Ten guy? I, it feels like Penn State is probably the worst team just based off Michigan's track record from last year. But I think this is a, a big test for both teams. 
Well, as the resident Big Ten guy, first of all, the Badgers are back, so that's pretty sick. Well, we can talk about that another time. I, I think this matchup, like you said, these two teams are uh, fairly talented on defense. Um, but when you go and dive into the numbers a little bit, um, Penn State, uh, they're they're kind of weird. Their success rate against the run is towards the middle of the pack. They're, they're above average for sure. But I think that's going to come into play this week with the way that Blake Corum is uh, probably the best running back in football right now. Uh, I mean, the guy is a stud, runs through everybody, then runs by you if you're not quick enough. He's insane. I think this uh, this game is going to be pretty nuts. Uh, Penn State's having some struggles running the ball. Um, and, I mean, like you said, with, with the talent that both teams have defensively, um, I think Michigan's going to expl- explode in the run game a little bit and have enough on defense that they're going to hold Singleton down. He was held, he was held to some tough yards against Central Michigan. So that running game for Penn State, you know, you, you kind of take one phase out and we're going to have to see Sean Clifford throw the ball. And I don't think he's talented enough to go into Ann Arbor and win this ball game. So I, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm on the opposite side of you here. I think Penn state goes in and wins this game. Um, purely off. Ooh, I, we establish you're a psychopath. So, so I, just when I, I look at, you know, while Penn state hasn't played a lot of great competition, they have one game where they've let up over, I think, over 15 points um, in the rest of their games, you know, they've defensively, they've just buckled down. I think Michigan's offense is very one dimensional where they're going to try to, you know, pound the rock, pound the rock, pound the rock that hits you with play action where, you know, Penn state's defense has just been so good this year and has been the reason like, you know, that they beat a Northwestern, their offense is, uh, you know, not great. Sean Clifford's not really the best option to have as a, your QB one. And it's kind of, it, it is funny to see how good Levis is playing at Kentucky compared to what you have with Clifford now. Um, kind of, I don't know if that's just an offensive coordinator issue or just not getting Levis the burn that he deserved. But, you know, I, I just think that this Penn State defense is going to be so huge in this game. And, you know, with guys like Abdul Carter and uh, Joey Porter Jr. on that Penn State defense, I think they go into the big house and pull off a, a huge win and, and throw themselves – I think they may end up even swapping spots with this win where Penn State can make their way as high as five and Michigan drops to 10 or even maybe around like seven just because, uh, you know, it's a, a top 10 matchup. That, that's just kind of how I feel about going into this game. Producer Liam, we need a, we need like some sort of sound of like a for that hot take alert. I think you are bananas. I think that's a bananas take. It'll be It'll be interesting. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not going to yeah. say you're wrong. I think you're wrong, but I'm not going to say you're wrong. We're going to watch the game Saturday, and then we can decide that. But yeah. I just think, you know, Penn State gets a week off. Michigan coming home, a week off of football, and the week before that was a 17-7 to victory over Northwestern. I just – I don't – I Did you I, watch I, that game, though, Hop? Yeah, it was close the entire time. It was, horrible. but it was a downpour. Like it was like a, it didn't even count as a game. Like there was like eighteen fumbles. It was pouring rain. Like it was an ugly game. I'm not. I'm not going to go fully on Diaz's side with Penn State win, but I think they keep it within the seven because mm-hmm. I just don't see Michigan blowing out a good team at this point. I said in the beginning of the year, show me something, play somebody, and we've seen Michigan play, you know, better competition than UConn and Colorado State and Hawaii. But at the same time, I mean, the, the Indiana game, like they looked slow early now. And I know they ended up winning by 21, 
you know, but I don't know. I don't, I just don't see Michigan winning easily over any good team right now. I think they're going to have to show me more than, you know, like Andrew is saying, a pretty one dimensional attack. And I, I think that one dimension is better than anything Penn state does offensively, but I think this is going to be a close game. I think it's more likely Michigan. I guess I'll say it this way. I think it's more likely Michigan covers the seven pushes or covers the seven than it is Penn state to win the ball game. I get that's just how I feel. I think, I, I don't know why Michigan has earned my respect, but the way that they like, Indiana was in that game and then they stomped on the throat. Just, it was like that, right? It got to the fourth quarter. Boom. It was over. I don't know. They showed the way they showed me going on the road to Iowa, winning that ball game handily, you know, 13 points, you know, choked them out. Not that Iowa's offense is much to defend against, but, you know, choked them out, ran on a really good Iowa defense. One that's probably even a half a step above Penn state. I just don't see, I, like I said, I, I see them being able to cover the number more than I see a, a Penn State victory. But, hey, I, I this will be a fun one. I like that we kind of got a little one. Yeah, that was nice. Is, is 13 points against – like a 13-point win against Iowa, like something that you sh- like should be brought up in this? I mean, Iowa's offense scored the second most points that they have this season against Michigan. Their next most came against Rutgers. I mean, they, they put up – or I should say third most. They put up 27 on Nevada. They put up six against Illinois, seven against Iowa State, and seven against South Dakota State, where none of those points were on offense. It was two safeties and a field goal. And, you know, Michigan's schedule so far has just not impressed me. You know, I was really excited about the Maryland game because, like we mentioned before, they had Hawaii, Colorado State, and UConn to start the season where they put up 50 each game which if you're Michigan and you're the number five team in the country, you should do that. Then you play Maryland, who's, you know, probably a middle to higher tier team in the big 10 right now. And you only win by seven, you win by 13 against Iowa. And then, like you said, that Indiana game was so ugly early on. I'm just, I haven't been impressed at all by Michigan at like at the only person that's impressed me on that roster is Blake Corum at this point. And he's the reason that they are winning games because it's just not, it's overall just not looked great for Michigan against Big Ten teams. They have played not great competition, and they're coming into a tough stretch of the the season where you've got, you know, Penn State, Michigan State, Illinois, and Ohio State as four of your final six games. I just think this starts maybe not a skid for them, but just they start getting exposed. I think that you, I think that's a fair point, but I you know as so. If we're going to say, you know, the Penn State Northwestern game is a downpour, nobody's moving the ball anyways. I always scored that touchdown with like eight seconds left when it was our, when it was a 20 point game. So you can give and you can take yeah. there. I just think, I think Michigan is still hungry enough. I, I, you know what I think is Penn State to cover the first half might not be a bad idea. I mean, two tough, you know, Iowa, you know, is going to beat you up. It's on the road at Iowa back to those are back to back road games the one against Indiana where it took, you know, 14 points in the fourth quarter to, to really pull away at the end to win by 21. So, you know, I, I think Penn State probably keeps it close, but I just, I don't see at this point um, Harbaugh has just enough momentum where I think I don't, I don't, I don't see Penn State doing enough to be able to, to at least win the ball game. They might keep it close. Yeah, that, that's probably what scares me the most about this game is I, I, James Franklin winning a big game just doesn't 
doesn't feel right to me. Uh, if not it was that horrible. In, if it was at State Penn, I would totally, I would probably be on the the side of them winning the ball game in Ann Arbor. I don't see it. I have to take Penn State just because I'm on Diaz's side here, and I like that. I like that we kind of got a little chippy out of the jump, so I, I like that. So I'll I'll hop on Penn State plus seven. I think Michigan actually wins this game by like a field goal. Um, but that, that's a great start to the slate, a big noon kick, Penn State, Michigan, both teams relevant. That's a fun game. And as the day goes on, just a million more great games. And I, I, every game I look at, I'm like, this is my favorite game. And then there's just another game that's great. But Bama at Tennessee, Bama's minus seven over under 65 and a half. It looks like Bryce Young is trending towards playing. Uh, if not, it'll be Jalen uh, Milrow again. And he, Alabama, I mean – I know there's a lot of talk preseason about A&M's talent, but once we've seen it on the field, it wasn't as impressive. And that was a close one. So actually crazy story from last week. I was at a bar and some woman at the Whoa, front had sick, a brother. So no, listen, this lady at the front had a 15 leg parlay and the last leg of it was Alabama money line. If it hit, she was buying us all around. Uh, it does hit. It was kind of fun. Like, I, it, I was like, it'd be kind of fun to root for, like, a good college football team. I mean, we'll get to Syracuse later. But, like, Bama, I was like, we're oh, good. Okay. No, I'm like, we're good. No doubt. It hits. Shots all around. And we made her show us the bet slip. It was electric. It was actually there. She's like, no one believes me. But we're like, all right, we're all in. We're coming. And it was it was awesome. But that was a, that was a tough one for Bama. What was the – can I ask what was the amount? Because I feel like she put down like $5. She and I'm did put down – one and yeah, six, losing it my was, ass. It was, five, it was a $5 free play. And I, you'll like this one, Hop. She was probably about 40 years old, but she goes – she comes up to us and, you know, I was I was a little bit under the influence, I'm not going to lie. And she goes – we're like, oh, like talking to her. We're like, oh, are you like uh, – like what? what's your favorite team? She's like, oh, I'm a Packers fan. And, uh, and she's like, Brett Favre. I was like, oh, I thought you were going to say Bart Starr. And my friends were like, you did not just say that to her. <laughs> oh, no. And I forgot about it until my friend told me the other day. I totally forgot I said that to her. So my apologies, Bama Parlay Lady, if you're out there. You are a very lovely woman. And thank you for the free shots. <laughs> Oh my, that is awesome. I do. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I'm a parlay lady. But what do we think, boys? Uh, I'll start with Diaz for this one. Do we, are we believing the Tennessee hype train? I hate it. Um, but yeah, I mean, Henry Diaz, Hunter. you hate, why do you hate Tennessee? Like, you hate every team. Josh Dobbs. Like, Josh Dobbs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Dobbs. okay, okay. Fake disease. Alopecia is not like a, a real <laughs> disease to go after <laughs> or, or, or to, to, to kind of, um, it, that's like one of the fair diseases you can go after nowadays. So I'll go after Josh Dobbs, but I mean, like I hated Hendon Hooker starting the year too. Like, or I shouldn't say hated. I just didn't feel confident in him as like the guy at Tennessee. And I felt like it was a bit of an A and M type of thing going on where it was Tennessee is going to be good. Tennessee is going to be so good. And I think they have a very delusional cult like fan base, like A and M does, but they do. It, they put their money where their mouth was at, at this point. I mean, they pulled off some big wins. And Hendon Hooker has just been that guy where, you know, if Bryce Young doesn't play, I don't want to say Tennessee wins this game, but it's it looks real good for him, especially being a home game at Neyland. I, I just think there's one guy that's kind of the X factor in this game that is definitely playing, and it's Will Anderson. I mean, if Bama doesn't have Will Anderson in that spot on that final drive against AM, then I think AM wins that game because you look at 
every play, the AM QB was running for his life just because Anderson was in his face every play, made it look so effortless. His pressure was just so just so impactful that he he's gonna be the real the real game changer. And when he doesn't show up on the stat sheet, like this past week, and I think he only had two tackles and a sack, it's still his presence is so dominant that he'll be the true X factor. But I I Hennon Hooker's been you know, an absolute blast to watch. It's real fun uh, what what he's been doing for Tennessee this year and has made them fun to root for. And, and, you know, watching them come out against LSU last week was a real electric and seeing what they did to them. So if Bryce Young doesn't play, we're looking at, I I think, a real close game that Tennessee could pull out. If Young does play, I think Bama wins this game by 10 to 14 points. I'll tell you what. I don't know if you guys saw the uh, post on like the college. I think it was a Tennessee or no, it was an LSU like message board where I guess the university of Tennessee has like some, some program with the department of defense where they're getting like funding for stuff with like Havana syndrome and like brainwaves and this kind of stuff. And the guy was like, they're getting this money. They had something what they I don't I'm not gonna pretend I know the technical words to describe, but basically that he thinks it was being pointed at Betch, the LSU returner on the opening kickoff, and it fucked his brain, and that's why he dropped the ball in Tennessee, got the opening kickoff. All time yeah, I, I saw that. I saw yeah. that. Yeah, all time message board, but I think this this game Diaz and I had Tennessee minus three last week. I took him the first half too, and it was just not close ever. And I don't know if that's an LSU problem or, you know, I mean, you drop the opening kickoff and you give them, you know, let them score seven points right away. You hand it to them in the first minute. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, you're not setting yourself up for success for sure, but like you still, you still, if you're Tennessee, got to recover that ball. You got to, you know, you guys got to be hustling, go recover that ball and then go actually punch it in from 25 yards out. So they did it. They dominated the entire game. The problem with Bama versus Tennessee is that Tennessee just cannot defend the pass. LSU couldn't throw the ball. They just haven't been able to this year. And if Bryce young plays, he is, I'm not confident in his ability to throw the ball. Why would you be? I mean, this is this is an injury that's normally a two to a three week thing. It I don't know the, the way I've been reading the headlines, and I mean, I'm a total idiot. I'm not in the loop at all. I just feel like he's pushing it, and they know they have to win this game in order to continue towards college football playoff hopes in a natty. I mean, Alabama is obviously good enough to win it. They could this year, you know, but you have to you have to perform in the regular season. You lose one ball game here you're choking yourself out. You're really, you have to win everything the rest of the year. So it's going to be tough. I, I almost had the take and I, you know what? I probably do. I think you just go with Milrow for this game. He had, you know, the second half of the Arkansas game, they pulled away at the end, rely on the defense against hooker because the defense is really, really good for Bama. There's a little bit of continuity from the last game. He He's a playmaker with the legs, and I know he's not going to be able to pass the ball to really shred that secondary of Tennessee, but I I don't know if I'm confident in Bryce Young's arm right now. 
I think it depends how Alabama views the season going because if they think they can play without Young and I'm not saying they're going to lose that game if he doesn't play, but it's obviously more likely. If they can say, look, we can take a loss here to Tennessee. They're in the East. You know, we beat Ole Miss, who will probably end up being the other team that's somewhat competitive in the West. Go to the SEC Championship. Either beat Georgia or Tennessee there, and then you're probably still in the playoff. I know it's a it's a risky kind of line to to walk on, but maybe that's some of the feeling for Bama, where it's like let's get him 100. percent Let's make sure that he's good for when we go on that stretch run. And you know they're they're still in a good position. I mean, either way, it's it's Alabama. They've got talent all over the field. But you know maybe they say let let him wait a week. We know it's a big game, but even if we lose to Tennessee, we're probably still winning the SEC West. We have an, another crack at a Tennessee or a Georgia. The winner of the SEC is going to the playoffs, so if they can do that, they're in. So I wonder if that kind of plays into their thinking as well. Then I mean, then in that case, you got to go with Milrow. I think I think that's a great way to think about it. One I hadn't even thought of. I mean, you're right now you're sitting as a seven point favorite with Bryce Young's status. I mean, like I said, I don't know. I feel like it's more up in the air than is being let on. I don't know that for sure. I'm not a reporter, but you know, there's, you are the far superior team in my opinion. So I, I don't know, man. I think when you explain it that way, Luke, I think you got to go with Milrow. And if you win the ball game, then that's, that's the best outcome. If you lose the ball game, like you said, you, you're probably still going to the SEC championship game. And a one loss Bama is getting in over a lot of other one loss teams and most undefeated teams. I, I'm just th- – th- this is, would this be any of your guys' favorite game for this weekend? So I, and I know there's a – I know it's probably not Luke's. There's a bigger game uh, in his <laughs> eyes right now. But, uh, Hop, for you, is this the most exciting game? Because, I mean, for, for once, it kind of feels like the SEC isn't this one or two-team powerhouse. There are about five teams probably in the mix right now with Mississippi State, Bama, Georgia – Tennessee and Ole Miss that are all kind of and even Kentucky that are still kind of in the mix and all could hurt one another I mean I think this could start everything with uh really getting into SEC conference play that you know everybody just starts beating up on everybody so I think this this could be a really fun one you know what I think I don't think it's going to be the best game of the week and this is this is some really this is how you know that I'm a real idiot I don't think it's going to be the best game of the week I think it's the most important game of the week as far as the way the landscape for the college football playoff, that stuff's coming up. I think there's other games that are going to be better. I think the one going up to the formerly known as the carrier dome is going to be a really fun one. I think, you know, like, like Luke said, there's what five top 20 matchups this week. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be an awesome week. I mean, heck I'm still getting, I'm still getting excited for Kansas, Oklahoma. And I'm like, well, this is kind of a big game because I'm a moron and I love college football, but I think to answer your question, like I said, most important for the landscape. Sure. The best game in all, you know, general terms. I don't think so. I think it might be this next game we're going to talk about. Oklahoma State at TCU, kind no, of a I'll disagree no? there. Oklahoma okay, State's a better team. It's not close. I don't know how they're not favored. TCU sucks. TCU does not win that ball game if Daniels gets to play. They hardly beat the backup. Bean is a stud. This kid, look out. This guy is. I don't know where he came from or, or 
whatever. I'm so anti TCU. It's nuts. Is suck the word we're going to use? I mean, we're not talking about like Wisconsin or App State. Like we're talking about the 13th right. rank team in the country. Okay, it, fair it, enough. It, I see. I see your point. Is whatever. suck what were you? I mean, Max Duggan's putting together a, a really impressive year. I mean, and he's playing super clean football. He, he's thrown 14 touchdowns and only one pick. and He's only been sacked seven times. I mean, I, I just feel like suck is a bit strong going into a uh, top 15 matchup. Um, which, you know, may, maybe I agree with you where they shouldn't be favored going into this game, but it's a three-point favorite. It's not like they're a touchdown favorite. I, sucked feels harsh. I just don't like – we, we kind of talked about it last week where I was – I thought Kansas was going to win the game. And like I said, like I obviously just said, I think they do win the game. They just haven't – even. I mean, even Kansas's defense, they just haven't played a good defense yet. And Oklahoma State's defense has taken a step back, but I think they're still going to be man enough to where as soon I – mean, I mean, you don't see a good defense in the Big 12, but, like, Oklahoma State or Baylor is just going to make TCU look bad. And this is going to be an interesting stretch for TCU. Even Kansas State's defense is awesome, but um, – or at least – better than normal big 12 standards, but I, I don't know, man. I just don't, I have been staring at the plus four, you know what, Luke, you want to might cover your ears. I'm probably going to take Oklahoma state with the dog money line. So you might want to take TCU at the points, but mm. I just don't, I I'm so anti TCU. I'm, I'm real worried hot because I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I think let's go. I, that's why I'm worried though. Cause if Hop sees this <laughs> game and loves Oklahoma State, I'm worried. And because you know, you look at TCU, third best scoring offense. I, I'm not gonna go Hop's route because I think TCU is a pretty talented team, but Oklahoma State has really impressed me. And they've covered 13 of the last 17 games. They've covered seven straight road games, which gives me a lot of a lot of confidence in Oklahoma State. And I don't know. It's it's. I kind of agree with you. Like watching the end of that TCU Kansas game, TCU looks like a team that's they're they're not there with Oklahoma State in terms of. I don't know. I feel like they haven't been there before. I feel like Oklahoma State's been in these types of matchups with this group with Sanders. Like it just feels like they've been here more. And I, I don't know. I, it sucks because I don't like agreeing with Hoppe, which is why I'm really worried. But I'm <laughs> I'm with you. I'm not gonna lie. I have Oklahoma State written down as one of my picks for this week. So. I'm 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 in Hoppa's hole. I'm 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 digging in the trenches with you with the Cowboys this weekend. I'm kind of worried now. Let's go. I see. I just can't. I just can't get over 31 to you know on the you give up 31 on the road at Kansas and four touchdown passes from the backup. Oklahoma they still gave up 24 points and I, did Gabriel even play that full game? Which oh against uh, TCU? Yeah. No, they uh, took him out. He was seven of that sixteen. That was the game he got hurt. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he gets he hurt half. Them. What's that? I'm an Oklahoma sucks. So I guess it they kind of plays our point too because they did kick the shit out of them. But Oklahoma yeah, but you still gave up twenty four points. I TCU's offense is gonna is gonna get theirs. I think this game goes a lot like Oklahoma State's game against uh, Texas Tech, where it's forty one thirty one. I just don't trust a soul on that TCU defense. It's going to be interesting to see if anybody from Oklahoma state steps up um, and is uh, able to guard uh, Quentin Johnston. Cause he's a stud. He is awesome. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I just can't, there's probably some hurt feelings from 
years of bowl games past with TCU and my win Wisconsin, but I just I don't I just don't see TCU being the better team. Whatever. I've talked enough on this. If we're gonna bring up the like the 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 past of what TCU's given up defensively, I mean Oklahoma State gave up 44 against Central Michigan. I, I mean, like we we can keep bringing that back. Where if you're looking at what they give up, and you know, I think you're right. Kansas wins this game if Daniels goes down, but that's just the way of the road right now. Where you know injuries are going to happen, and it's upsetting that it happened to I think America's team. But I, I really like TCU going to this game. I think Duggan kind of has his big moment, and, and really proves that TCU is going to contend for a for a, a Big Twelve title. And kind of again, this is going to go where it's. The, the Big 12 eats eats themselves pretty much where, you know, the top team in the Big 12 right now is probably Oklahoma State and then TCU will beat them. And then Kansas State the next week will beat TCU. It's just one big disgusting cycle that hurts the Big 12 at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. The last thing I'll say about this game before we move on, both teams averaged 46.4 points per game. I thought that was kind of weird and random that they're the exact same. And also – TCU gives up 23.8 points per game. Oklahoma State gives up 24.8, exactly one point more. So pretty pretty balanced team. It's going to be a tough one, but uh, I'm, I'm riding with Hop. But I, I like this. I like the little, you know, the small disagreements we have. Um, again, not saying TCU sucks. I don't want to be on that far in Hop's boat. But uh, I think Oklahoma State's going to win this game. Uh, two more games we got to get to, though, and we'll kind of get through these a little bit quick so we can get to some other stuff. But – NC State, number 15 in the nation, coming to Syracuse. 45,000 tickets have already been sold for the JMA Wireless Dome. It is going to be loud. It is going to be a tough environment. And Devin Leary might not be going for NC State. Ended uh, the Florida State game on the sideline. They were able to pick up that win. But, you know, NC State, a team that me and Diaz both loved preseason as a kind of a dark horse. They lose to Clemson. That dream's over. But now the dream is is for the Orange. Three-and-a-half-point favorites, over-under at 42. I, I think Syracuse comes out and shoves. Uh, this is going to be, I think, a really good defensive battle. These are two really good defenses. But, you know, Syracuse is just more healthy on offense right now. Even if Leary plays, you know, how effective is he going to be? Kind of like the Bryce Young conversation. I think my Orange are going to be 6-0 and going to Clemson next weekend. It's, it, it, the Sean Tucker show. We're about to watch the Sean Tucker show on Saturday. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I got to agree. I, I if Leary, Especially if Leary doesn't play, then I think this game could get actually pretty ugly quick. Um, and, you know, Syracuse could kind of pull away early on. And, and, you know, just when you don't have one of the nation's best QBs playing for you, your defense can only get you so far. So that's how I, I, if he doesn't play, then I think we see Syracuse win by around 10. But uh, if he plays, then I think we're going to get – a real, real fun football game because Syracuse deep Syracuse's defense has looked pretty good this year. And, you know, this win would be so huge as they're about to go down that gauntlet of a schedule with Clemson, Notre Dame, uh, Wake Forest. So it, it's, it, if they win this game, it's going to be a real exciting time to be a Syracuse fan, Luke. I, I bet you're, how nervous are you at, at this point? I know it's only Wednesday, so the nerves probably aren't as built up yet, but they're, they got to be building. They are, and I think my biggest worry, and I don't want to say this because it's going to sound a little negative, Syracuse hasn't really played anyone yet. The only somewhat decent team they've played is Purdue, and, you know, I, I thought they did an okay job at shutting down O'Connell. He didn't have his best game, but they did score 29 points, and Purdue, like, 
lost their minds mentally in the last quarter, gave up a lot of bad penalties, and Syracuse won on kind of, you know, a fluky play. Um, and Syracuse does have some injuries on both sides of the ball. So I'm not, you know, I, I'm a little bit concerned, but I think I'm I'm pretty confident. I don't know. Like, uh, it's just the energy in the Dome is going to be the best it's been. It's the first time that's been a, a top 20 matchup inside the Dome since I think 2003 was the year or something like that. So it's been a minute. The, the town's buzzing. I mean, usually around this time of year, it's like, all right, when's basketball season starting? But this year, football has, has really taken over, and it's it's going to be really exciting inside the Dome. And I think Syracuse wins. I think they cover the number. And then, man, oh, man, am I going to get my hopes up for when they go to, to Clemson next weekend. You, you did. They did play two good teams so far. They did play UConn earlier in the year. I That's think right. Yeah, UConn is a wagon now, but at the really time cool. they were struggling. Yeah. Are you worried at all that, you know, obviously you beat Wagner 59 to nothing or whatever it was. Are you a little worried that you only beat Purdue and Virginia by a combined five points? Is that is that in your head at well, all? Well, if you listen you to anything just... that I just said, I just addressed that. But <laughs> clearly you were just sitting in the corner looking down, so you weren't listening. But I did just address the, the concern there. I just I, – I don't know. Like, okay, whatever. Either way, I, I don't know, man. Like, you, you kind of – but you kind of, like, brushed it off, like, Purdue fluky play. Like, you're close to not being in this situation – and you got a lot of confidence is all I'm saying. I think. I know. I know. I think you got to press the break, but that's just me. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you got to be hoping Leary doesn't go. Is it a little bit of a Mickey Mouse win if Leary doesn't go? I mean, maybe, but no, because you just take what you can get. And look, here's my other concern. I don't, I don't, I wish you weren't saying this because I don't want to have concerns, but Sean Tucker against Virginia, 2.9 yards per carry against Purdue, 2.3 yards per carry. Like he's gotten basically all his yards against UConn and Wagner. So that's, he's got to kind of figure it out three times. He's gone down with injury and then, you know, either left the game or come back in some sort. So I don't know if he's hundred percent, but there's definitely concerns off of, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep positive vibes here. I'll give you, I'll give you a little bit of positive vibes. I had to be, I had to be the contrarian uh, NC state against the run. Uh, defensively, they're a little weird. They're uh, 22nd in the country in success rate uh, against, so that can be a little bit concerning, but their total EPA and their EPA per play, uh, that kind of stuff against the run, is in the 80s in the country. So what that does mean is while uh, they do like this, they are pretty good at stopping the run, they'll give up the big one every so often, and obviously Sean Tucker is one is a top three running back in the country. Uh, as far as talent level is concerned, and he can hit the home run. So I think, I think, like you said, you know, the, the, you know, kind of some injuries, you know, been stopped a little bit, but I think he's going to hit a home run or two for you guys and they're going to seal the deal. Another weird stat that I'll throw in before I go to our last game NC State's only allowed teams to get in the red zone 11 times this year, but all 11 times have resulted in touchdowns. So, what? Yeah. So if Syracuse can get in the red zone, it's looking good, but NC. State doesn't let teams get there very often. So I thought that was one of the more interesting things I read about. Uh, last game, we'll kind of go through this one quickly. Uh, USC at Utah. Utah three-and-a-half-point favorites despite getting getting their, their shit eaten last week, for lack of a better phrase, against UCLA. Uh, it's going to be a fun game, over under 65. Cam Rising versus Caleb Williams. First big test for USC this year and, and first big test under Lincoln Riley. Uh are we surprised at all that Utah enters the game as three and a half point favorites? Yes. This, this is another one where I was like, how are they the favorite now? 
for those of you who aren't gamblers, there's some thinking we got to do here. What we do know is that generally, generally speaking, three to three and a half points is about what home field advantage is. So when I'm looking at this, I'm seeing Utah favored by three and a three and a half here. Uh, they're at home. To me, that says home field advantage on a neutral on a neutral field. This game is going to be dead even. USC, I think, is the better team. The offense is nuts. The defense has been really good. Uh, we've seen now Utah has played one one really legitimate team on the road at UCLA. They looked bad. They looked very very bad. Uh, UCLA, you know. A similar quarterback, DTR, Caleb Williams, are, they can hurt you with the legs. They are more than capable of throwing the ball. I don't know why Utah is favored in this game, but like I just said, what we know is gamblers, that home field advantage is, is what the book is thinking here. Yeah, I'm also just as shocked that they opened as favorites, um, just especially after watching what UCLA did to them last weekend. Uh, was I mean, that, that – duo of chip kelly and dtr is so lethal you're probably one of the best offensive minds in all of football working with one of the most dynamic players in all of college football so you put those two together and i don't care how good utah's defense is uh i mean they they expose them and now you get a good running back and die with caleb williams and lincoln riley calling plays and jordan addison at receiver I, i i just think usc comes in and wins by two or more scores just because I, while they haven't looked overly impressive, I just think their offense is due, and Utah's defense has just been – I think they're living off a lot of the hype from last season when they had a guy like Devin Lloyd doing everything for them. It just hasn't been what you've expected from Utah this year, and I think this is going to be USC's defining moment to set up you know, a fun matchup down the line with UCLA when they're both going to be undefeated. I'm going to talk about this game more when we get to our best bets. So I'll keep that one in the, in the holster, if you will, a little teaser for the people at home. But let's move on to a new segment we're going to introduce tonight. And that is the G55, the group of 55, where each week we're going to highlight either a team, a player, or just something going on in the group of five. You know, Hop's a big group five, a group of five guy. Uh, I cheer on the side for, for the great, you know, you'll hear who I cheer, who else I cheer for besides Syracuse. Obviously, Diaz is just a college football game. Do you have a favorite group of five team, Diaz, just in general? UConn. Well, yeah. Oh, I guess hey, well, yeah, yeah. Technically, yeah. UConn, even though My bad. Five, but in a conference, yeah. um, I was a big fan of, like, Coastal the year that they, you know, the, the Mullets versus Mormons game was. Like, oh, yes. Yeah. Um, so, like, it, group of five, I feel like it's tough to stay committed. You just kind of – they become America's team. I know yes. Hop's committed to App State, but it, it's like when a, a group of five team – gets good everybody roots for him because it's like oh put them in the playoff if they're undefeated and that just becomes like the whole national narrative behind a, a group of five team that wins their conference at 13 and 0 and then you know plays a bowl game it's like the western michigan year when they played wisconsin everybody was so hype about that Corey davis pj fleck team and then they get beat by wisconsin uh, pretty handily so <laughs> yeah i mean i'm just I, I like seeing group of five teams be good i should say yeah, so we'll each give a little shout-out this week. I'll start it off. Shout-out, horns up, Buffalo Bulls. Uh, both my parents are alums. I was born in Buffalo. As people know, I'm a big Buffalo sports guy. Preseason, plus 5,000 to win the MAC. Wish I hammered it. Wish I had more faith in the boys. There were only two teams 
worse than them, and that was Ball State and Akron. They started 0-3. They lost on a Hail Mary to Holy Cross of all schools. Divine intervention, if you will. Holy Cross winning on a Hail Mary. Now they're second in the MAC in terms of odds to win it. Now all the way up to plus 450, only behind plus 250 Toledo. They beat Miami of Ohio two weeks ago, who was projected to win the MAC East preseason. UB now sitting atop the MAC East after knocking off Bowling Green last week. They lose their quarterback, Kyle Vantries, to another shout-out to G5. He goes to Georgia Southern. He's top 10 in passing yards this year over at Georgia Southern. Cole Snyder, local kid, steps up sophomore year. He's been great. Maurice Linguist takes over for Lance Leipold, who we know has been absolutely awesome at Kansas. And he not only has he had a great year this year, but he brought in the second-best recruiting class for next year. So shout-out to Buffalo Bulls, a team that got off to a slow start even even I was kind of starting to write them off because, you know, how do you lose to, to Holy Cross? But they have ripped off win after win so far in the MAC. I'm fired up about them. Hopefully it's not a letdown spot against UMass this week, which it shouldn't be. But my shout-out goes to the Buffalo Bulls. Hopper, you want to go or you want me to go? We can say mine for last. All right. Um so my, my G5 shout-out is going to uh, the Tulane Green Wave. Uh, you know, every year they kind of, I, I think, kind of get rolled up in the, the, the group of five, and uh, even against teams like East Carolina, uh, t- you know, Houston, SMU, and the AAC, they just kind of get beat up on. Right now they're five and one and first in the AAC, and, you know, they've got a lot of they're, – they're flying under the radar right now uh, and are playing good football. You know, they beat Kansas State early in the year, who's now the 17th ranked team in the country. And their one loss against a Southern Miss team that's been so up and down, it's ridiculous. But they only lose by three. Took, uh, I think, still a good Houston team to to OT two weeks ago and beat them. And, you know, now they've got a, a game against uh, USF, uh, 4 p.m. game. So I'm kind of excited to, to see them play. And, you know, I hopefully this could just become a segment where we just start jinxing group of five teams yeah i'm kind of worried out, and then they just go on you know atrocious skids where it's they're losing games kids start transferring so this could be a, a bad segment or a great one where they just start blowing up and and look awesome so we'll, we'll see how that turns out but if they could win the aac this year it would be a nice change of pace instead of having smu houston and cincinnati or memphis consistently play in the aac uh championship game i also I just saw a tweet. Um, Chad Pennington's kid, Cole Pennington, is now the quarterback at Marshall, which I just realized. And that'll also be like my group of five player shout out, which, you know, it, it feels very bizarre seeing him play um, now. But you forget that, you know, Pennington played so many years ago. But it is cool to see him playing at his uh, dad's alma mater. So uh, that'll be my player shout out. But, uh, yeah, the two-lane green wave and Cole Pennington. That's good info. Cole Pennington's great info. I'm all on that. All right, Hop. What do we got? Begrudgingly. Shout out to, of all teams, James Madison University. Congratulations. Your first year in the FBS. You are currently not beaten by a single soul. Not one single team has beaten you. You've scored 32 points or more and actually 40 and all the uh, 40 plus in the others, except for said one. 
You scored 29 unanswered against Appalachian State. You are a very good ball club. You are ranked in your first year in the FBS. Congratulations on your Sun Belt. Oh, wait. Oh, you can't play in the Sun Belt Championship. Oh, my bad. My bad. Sorry, guys. Either way, it has been a very impressive year. I had to get one. I get I, there's one thing I could say, so I said it. But congrats to James Madison. They have played extremely impressively this year. Speaking of Kyle Vantrese, they go on the road against Georgia Southern this week, uh, and they'll play the Eagles to, uh, you know, continue to be the the Kings or the Dukes, if you will. I really like that hop. That was very nice. It felt like maybe okay. someone's holding a gun to you, but you got through it. So I'm, I'm very happy for you. There's an open door right here, so you don't know what's what's going on over there. But Toddy C, Toddy uh, C, the quarterback, he might just be pointing said gun. What do you say we talk a little Heisman before we jump into our picks for the week? And I've got, I've got to say something. I've got to get up on my on my on my table, if you will, and and shake my fist at the air because I'm looking at the Heisman odds. And, you know, I'm seeing, obviously, you know, C.J. Stroud at number one. No surprise there. Guys like Caleb Williams, Bryce Young. Then I'm seeing, arguably, a top three quarterback in college football, not in the top ten, at plus 10,000. Why are we disrespecting Will Rogers and the Mississippi State Bulldogs this year? Will Rogers, 2,110 yards, 22 touchdowns, three picks, 72% 72% completion percentage. He's first in college football in yards. He's second in touchdowns. And by the way, he's got the chance to put up some numbers against good teams. They still play Kentucky, Bama, Georgia, Ole Miss. I'm not saying Mississippi State's going to run the table, and I know you have to be on a great team to win the Heisman when there's guys like C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young hanging around. But I just want to give a little bit of respect this week to my guy, Will Rogers. I respect your respect, and I understand it. Unfortunately, they have already lost the ball game this year and to win the Heisman for the most part of the last decade, besides, you know, a couple guys, well, Devonta Smith, namely, you have to be the quarterback on the best team in the country. And with a loss already in that loss, Baker Mayfield, that's different. They still college playoff team. Lamar Jackson. Okay. Fair. Fair enough. You make a good point. Come on, How, boys. However, Bailey, okay, counterpoint, Bailey Zappi breaking the yards and touchdowns record. Mississippi State runs the table, beats Georgia and Alabama. Then Will Rogers will be in New York. Okay, fine. But, yeah. Thank the you. Reason, the reason the odds are plus 10,000 is the thing you just said, which is you have to beat Alabama and Georgia. I will say this. He is awesome. Somebody. Somebody needs to draft him. We talk, he just throws the ball better than most. He is awesome. I'll tell you what quarterback I'm eyeing for Ooh. the Heisman. I do have a Stroud ticket at plus 400 that I put in in early February. So we're, we're feeling pretty dandy about that right now. But I'll tell you about this guy, DJU, the man whose name, the man whose name shall be pronounced properly. DJ Uagalele, that sounded pretty bad, but it's correct. There's no N in there, folks. Look, he's plus 2,000 right now. 
14 to one touchdown interception radio ratio, 63%, 1400 yards. If Clemson ends up undefeated and he throws 30 plus touchdowns, you know, they've got two big wins so far. He threw the game winning touchdown pass against wake. The rest of the schedule is ACC. It's soft the rest of the way. He's got a chance to put up big numbers. You might be able to get yourself a pretty penny. He might at least make it to New York. Yeah, and the camera I, loves Big Dave. Camera loves his dad. So that's just a, a little boost there. Liam hates him, though. You're on Ooh. mute, so. I don't hate anyone who's caused Clemson fans that much suffering. But, yeah, I mean, he, I think the guy gets more shit than he, than he should from Clemson fans because they're a terrible fan base. Oh, you mean Big Stinko? <laughs> Um, I, I, I don't agree with that DJ take hop. I just, I don't see it. And, you know, it just, he's, he plays, he plays clean football, but it's just not exciting football. I think you got to play some type of element of exciting football to win the Heisman. You can't just be a very mundane player and, and win the Heisman. Um, so right as of right now, if like, if they had to do the Heisman, the final four right now, I've got Stroud in New York. I have Hendon Hooker from Tennessee in New York. I have DTR from UCLA in New York, Ooh. and then I have, I have Will Anderson also in New York because I mentioned it before. He may not be like have the craziest defensive numbers. I don't think he's going to have an Aiden Hutchinson season um, or even a season like he did last year where he had 17 sacks. He's just I, – I, I like to think like if you took him off of Alabama or if you took any of those four guys off of their team, where would they be? Like how good would this team be? And I think Bama's defense will be very vulnerable without Will Anderson, the pressure that he brings game after game after game. So those would be my four right now. I, I said an honorable mention to Jameer Gibbs uh, and Will Rogers as well. So the, those, but those four would be the guys I'd have in New York uh, if the Heisman was tomorrow, if we, if we were voting on it. So, um, but there's still, I mean, at this point in the season, there are a lot of guys that are at the make or break stage where, few good games pushes them into that top five and one bad game takes them out. I think Blake Corum is in that, that same conversation. I think that unfortunately Jalen Daniels gets hurt. I think he takes him. He's out of it. I still think a guy like Drake may could even be in the mix just with how good he's played at UNC, but you also have to take in that success factor. Like you mentioned before, you got to be usually on the best team in the country or at least um, one loss and playing for your conference title. So I think that'll hurt a guy like him. Yeah, I, I mean, I obviously understand that Will Rogers is not going to win the Heisman, but I just want to give him a little love today. So uh, we'll move into our picks. Liam, one in six on the year now. Is that what we're looking at? And it's tough because week one was a winner from what I remember. I won one game, and then I, again, week two, I visited Wisconsin, and I have not given a good pick on air since. I've been doing all right, like, with everything else, but the one pick I give when we record on Wednesday nights, it's an absolute curse. And, like, most people would play into the bad of, oh, fade me, I'm going to fade myself and fade my own logic. Nah. Uh, I got Parlay Card Jack. He's like my newspaper boy. Every Tuesday drops off a bunch of Parlay Cards for amusement only, obviously, um, on my doorstep. I check out the lines. I see what's going on. This week, I'm just looking at what stands out to me. And it's bad because I, I cursed them last week. Duke lost in overtime to Georgia Tech, but I'm going double Duke. I like them plus seven oh, against no. UNC. 
They're at home, which I don't think really matters. Durham to Chapel Hill is like, that's like a 20 minute drive. Doesn't really matter, but I'm going double Duke plus seven. UNC's five and one record isn't really that impressive. Like they, what they have that one win over at, or I mean, excuse me, they have five wins, one loss to Notre Dame. There you go. Real team. Uh, App State put up 61 on them. So I don't know. I like this quarter. I like this to stay competitive. So, uh, yeah, we'll go with Duke plus seven, double Duke. And I don't risk cursing another team. I'm not betting on military schools till I'm back on track because I can't do that. But Duke, sorry, you're stuck with me. Maybe till you win one or cover. So there you go. Good luck to Liam. Uh, I hand up on own three last week, but my picks were made under the influence of a 24 hour stomach bug. So whether they count or not is up for debate. Um, but going to my first pick, I'm signed because I'm with Hoppe. I'm taking Oklahoma State plus four against TCU. I think they cover. I think they actually win. So I will definitely sprinkle some money line. I'm taking Minnesota minus six and a half against Illinois. A ranked Illinois team on the road, but Minnesota still favored by six and a half. Tells me something. Give me Minnesota minus six and a half. Also, Tommy DeVito, we've talked him on a lot in here. I'm sorry for his loss of his grandmother. Uh, he's banged up though, and even if I think they have that dude, what's his name, Arthur Sitkowski or whatever his Sitkowski. name is from Rutgers. Oh, here, let's play this game, Diaz. Arthur Sitkowski, where where was he at before transferring to Illinois? I just said it, but oh, maybe he I, didn't hear it. <laughs> I, I, I missed it. Where, where, where was he? Rutgers. Oh, that yeah, that that sounds about right. Arthur Sitkowski is just not the name of a good quarterback. I'm sorry. I mean. It, it, <laughs> It's just not. So give me Watch Minnesota. Watch out for the dead grandma post now. Yeah, give me Minnesota minus six and a half. Last pick. The boys are going to hate this one. Hoppa will be turning in his sheets on Saturday night thinking about this pick. Utah minus three and a half. Lock it in. Night game. Utah. Black smoke. Eye black all over the linebackers. Utah wins. They cover. USC's played nobody. Nobody. We're going to talk about USC's defense. They have played Nobody. Utah's offense has been absolutely great this year. Give me the Utah Utes minus three and a half. I'm going back to the well. Um. So, I. I so, are you, did you not pick Syracuse as one of your picks? You didn't pick your team. No, I don't. I can't because the the one time I picked the Bills this year, they they lost to the Dolphins, so I can't do That's it. That's fair. That's fair. So, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna. You know, I I bet UConn last week. They came through. I'm betting them again this week. Wow. Plus nine and a half against Ball State. Uh, I, I don't feel, you know, this is not a great uh, boat of confidence, but I don't feel overly great on it. Um, but when I bet on them last week, they hit. So I'm going to just keep trying to ride the UConn train and hope that uh, the, the, the running back duo of Brian Bruton and Victor Rosa carries them to victory. So, uh, or at least carry them, carries them to cover. So, uh, I'm going with UConn. They've had a pretty good history of covering this season. Late touchdown against NC State gave them the cover of, I think, 31. Um, so, yeah, I'm going there. Um, I feel actually tremendous about this next pick with North Carolina minus seven. Since oh, up no, on the tournament, I had that in my spreadsheet <laughs> early on. I felt a little uh, a little nervous about it, but seeing that Liam hopped on it, um, I feel – I, I, you know, I had to pull the trigger on it. So that is my other pick, uh, UNC versus Duke, UNC minus seven. And my third and final pick, 
I'm going with USC plus three and a half on the road against Utah. Um, oh, let's go. Another one I had kind of in, in the bank um, uh, on my spreadsheet. So I'm going to go with that one. I was between that and Penn State. So I, I'm going with USC plus three and a half. That's fine. I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that we're butting heads. Yeah, every, I love that. I want everyone to be on USC. I really do because that's what I think is going to happen. So I'm going to sit here with my, US, my Utah ticket and just feel real good about myself. Hop. Oh, by the way, before we before we jump into this, um, on the year, Diaz is the lead dog right now, twelve and six. I'm at nine and nine. Hops at four and eight. Comes in every week talking about his picks. He's four and eight on the year. Um, Liam's record we don't have to talk about, but so last place, Hop. Uh, what you got this week? Look, it's really embarrassing. I'm not going to take your time talking about all the money line dogs, but I will say I'm up two and a half units on the year. I'm terrified of the board this week. We've profited three straight weeks. You know, you wouldn't know it by the picks that I put out on the show that I don't always, you know, I'm not always true to form and taking those. Um, wow. Fraud alert. Yeah. You know what? We got to do what we got to do. Four and eight. I, I did this though. I crossed out USC plus three and a half. I got out of the hole the way that you, the way that Lukey, you were going, Lukey Locks was going for his Utah pick. I had to, I had a late switch here. I got Mississippi State minus four on the road against Kentucky. Willie Rogers, he's the man. Willie Levis, he's a little banged up right now. I haven't even seen if he's for sure going to play right now. After not playing against South Carolina and they lost last week, there's a lot of stuff going on with Kentucky. I'll take the team that's at least a little bit more healthy, at least with the starting quarterback. Lukey Locks, you and me, baby. I got out of the Utah hole and I'm climbing into the Oklahoma State hole. Plus, pokes. let's go, go, pokes. Oh baby, we gotta I gotta have this one. I gotta have it. Last one I got on my card is one that I've been staring at, and it's the same thing. I don't know how the number is this high, but shout out my boy, Mr. Bean, Kansas plus nine on the road against OU. It sounds like they're making I I it sounds like there's gonna be a quarterbacking decision tomorrow on Gabriel so Thursday when you're listening to this. So if you've seen the line move way towards, uh, you know, you know, something closer to Kansas plus 13, cause Gabriel can play. If I like it at plus nine, I love it at plus 13, whatever it may be. Rock chalk J Hawk. All right, boys, there's the picks. That's the show for Bryce Hopwood, Andrew Diaz, Liam Smith. Thanks. Oh, for wait, wait, wait. I do have one oh. more thing gambling wise. If you don't count our overlapping picks from the last two weeks, the boys, the boys all together, 10 and six. Last okay. Two that. That's positive money, baby. It was worth interrupting me. Usually it's not worth it. Like when you wish Diaz's mom a happy birthday, but in this case, I'm all for it. Just kidding. Shout out Mrs. Diaz. Lovely. Thank you for listening. Uh, but that's the show. That is the show. Excited for Saturday. So many great games. We'll recap it all. We'll preview the next week, next time. But, Thanks for hanging out with us, and we will see you guys next week. Not so fast, my friend. (laughs) 
podcast presented by Student Union Sports.